How is everybody doing today? I am so excited for this opportunity to preach here at Thrive Church. My voice is destroyed right now from camp, so bear with me. Today, I want to talk to you about worship. You see, at camp, worship is one of the best things ever because we get a group of teens together and we just praise God for hours and hours, and it is the best thing ever. Worship and praise is such an important aspect of life. It's also very important for our relationship with God. You see, God deserves our praise and worship. In Isaiah 43, it talks about us being created to praise God. Um, In verse 7, Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him. It's literally saying that we were created to glorify God. If you read in the same chapter, verse 21, it says, This people have I formed for myself that they shall show forth my praise. We were created to worship and praise God. We oftentimes think worship, worship and praise are the same thing, but they are not. They are actually um, very different. And it's important that we don't get these things confused and mixed up. You see, praise is an aspect of worship. Where there is praise, there is going to be worship. You see, the definition of praise is to express warm approval or admiration of or to express one's respect and gratitude towards someone, especially in song. You see, there's a lot of different ways to praise God. Uh, In the Bible, there's a lot of different Hebrew words for praise. One Hebrew word for praise is yada, which uh, means to lift or throw your arms upward in praise and surrender. There's also the word zamar, which means to praise with instruments alone or with voice. See, praise is just an aspect of worship. Tonight, we're mainly going to be focusing on that aspect of worship. But don't forget that worship is a lifestyle. It's not just coming to church on Sunday and lifting your hands and singing out to God. You see, worship is a lifestyle. The definition of worship is to show reverence and adoration for someone or something. It's the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. The Bible's definition of worship is to kiss uh, the hand towards one in token of reverence, to fall upon your knees and touch the ground with your forehead, to show reverence to someone of superior rank. See, a word that catches my eye every time I read these descriptions is reverence. It, It means to show great respect towards someone. Like I said, worship is an everyday thing. It's a lifestyle. It is respecting God in everything we do and everything you say. It's a lifestyle. It means to follow God's word and to obey it. It means to to be Christ-like. See, oftentimes it's hard to praise and worship when you feel like everything is going bad. Feel like... You're doing all the right things, but you still feel like everything is falling apart. It's oftentimes very difficult to worship God when we feel like he's not even there. We feel like God can't help us out of our situation, our current position in life. It's hard to keep that lifestyle of worship. Today we are going to be reading in the book of Acts, uh, specifically chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 16. 
And it came to pass as we went to, a, to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. So Paul and Silas and a few others uh, were going to pray. It says a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met them. Divination basically means the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or uh, the unknown by supernatural means. <clears throat> she was possessed by a demon that could see into the future. Says she brought her masters much gain or profit by soothsaying. This tells me for one that she was a slave. Says she brought them much gain or profit. By, by telling these people their future. Because she was possessed by this demon, that's how she had the power to do so. Um, look at verse 17 and 18. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. This girl that was possessed followed them around and was yelling about what Paul and Silas were there for, uh, who they were. Says uh, she did it for many days. Says Paul being grieved. Paul was grieved even though what she was saying was true. She was telling the truth about them, but he, he knew better than to take testimony from a demon. He was also grieved because of the condition of this, this woman, because she was enslaved. So Paul commands the demon to leave her, and in the same hour the demon left her body. Uh, in verse 19 it says, And when her masters saw the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. So the slave owners, they realized they couldn't make any money off of uh, her, her talents. They got upset and they took Paul and Silas and brought them before the rulers. Read verses 20 and 21. And brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive neither to observe being Romans. They accused Paul and Silas of being troublemaking Jews. Even though they, were, they literally cast out this demon, they helped this woman. Um, verse 22 through 24, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailkeeper to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast with stocks. So Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown into prison. See, most of us in here, if we were the ones in that situation, we would have probably been angry at God. We would have not completely given up on God, but we would have started to think that way. I know I would be angry and upset, thinking, God, why, why didn't you protect me? We would have given up on God. We would have waited for God to do something big before we worshipped Him. But Paul and Silas didn't do that. They worshipped in their waiting. 
says in verse 25, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. <clears throat> so you have to worship through your struggle. That's point number one. They worshipped through their struggle, through their imprisonment. In their worst circumstance, they kept praising God for what he had done before and what he will do again. They were worshiping through their struggles, through their pain. They literally were beat until they had stripes on their back, until they were bruised, until they were bleeding out. Imagine the pain they felt as they were thrown into the prison on the hard, cold ground with these blocks around their feet so that they couldn't get up and walk around. As they were bound, they still worshipped God. What would be going through your mind if this happened to you? I know I would be mad at God for not protecting me, for not keeping me safe. They literally were just preaching the gospel. They weren't doing anything wrong. Sometimes I feel like I should stop worshiping God, living this lifestyle of worship. I should just give up on it because of what I'm going through, because of my current situation, whatever I'm struggling with. Whenever I feel like God isn't there, I just want to stop worshiping until He does something big. I feel like there's no reason to worship Him, to praise Him. We don't want to praise God through our physical pain or our emotional pain. But Paul and Silas praised God still. They were praising God through their pain, through their struggle, through their issues, their imprisonment. See, it's so important that we do this. It's so important that we don't stop worshiping God even when it gets hard. We should be worshiping God because of the good He has done the good He's done for you in the past and the good He will do for you in the future. You see, whatever you're going through, the battle has already been won by God. The victory is to come. We should praise Him for the blessings that He has given us. The breath in your lungs, the fact that you woke up this morning and got here safely. See, there's a lot you can praise God for. For not just dying on the cross, but uh, for being scourged with the cat of nine tails 39 times. His flesh literally being ripped off of his back. His bones being pulled out of joint. He was mocked and spit upon. The crown of thorns placed upon his head. As the blood ran down his face and back, a robe was placed upon his body. The blood started to dry and it scabbed over, attaching the robe to his back. He then carried the cross that weighed around 100 pounds. He walked over a half a mile. They take his robe off, ripping the dried up skin, the scabs off of his back. They put him against the cross. They nailed him to it. A nail in each wrist and in each ankle. You can imagine the pain he felt when all of his weight was on his ankles that were nailed to the cross. He could inhale, but to exhale, he would have to pull himself up, his back with barely any skin on it, rubbing against the wood of the cross. He tries to breathe. He hears people screaming at him, mocking him. He emotionally was in pain. 
as he watched his mother cry at his feet. He was dehydrated and tired. And all of a sudden, he yells out and he says, It is finished. He went through so much pain for us. The least we could do is, is worship through our little bit of struggle. Through our battle. To keep praising Him. Worship Him through the pain because in reality, in the end, it will all be better. God has the victory already won. While we wait for that victory, we should keep praising God. We should keep worshiping Him. See, they worshiped through their imprisonment. They had their feet bound, but they still worshiped God. Some of you in here right now are in prison to something. Maybe you're in prison to what others think about you. When you're singing out uh, to God, you wonder, am I being too loud? Should I quiet down? Is it weird for me to raise my hand in this situation? Maybe you're like me and you cannot sing at all. And you're wondering if you're annoying the person in front of you, around you, so you don't even bother singing. When you feel the Holy Spirit moving and you just want to close your eyes and you want to lift your hands up and praise God in the moment, you want to eliminate every distraction and focus on God, but you're too scared of somebody thinking you're weird. See, who cares what other people think? Who cares if someone thinks that you're weird? All that matters is what the one true God thinks. See, God loves when you sing out to him, when you lift your hands up, even if you can't sing. You see, you were created to worship God. All that matters is what the creator of the universe thinks. When you worry about what others think, you stop focusing on God and you start, stop focusing on what's important. You start worse, worse, focusing on the worship and approval and the praise of other people. Instead of getting the approval from God. There's other things you could be in prison to. Maybe you're in prison to a porn addiction, an addiction to your phone. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Maybe you're in prison to something more serious. Alcohol, drugs. You could be in prison to bitterness towards God. For not being there for you in your struggle. For not saving that person in your life. For not healing that person. You could be in prison to this bitterness. This anger. Maybe you think, I'm too far gone. You're imprisoned in your mind. You think, I'm shackled to my sin and I can never be free. There's no breaking this chain. God can't set me free. But God can and he will set you free. You have to worship through the waiting, in the waiting. You have to worship while you're waiting for that victory. Look at uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened. See, worship will shake you. God can and he will set you free. 
You just have to keep praising him in the battle. You have to keep praising him through your struggles. As they were praising God and worshiping through their imprisonment, through their struggle, God sent this earthquake and it shook the foundations and opened up all the doors. See, when you praise God through your, in the waiting, through your struggle, through your imprisonment, he starts to shake you. And when you worship, it opens doors. Look at uh, the same verse, and Im immediately all the doors were opened. God opened doors for Paul and Silas. See, when you praise God and you have this lifestyle of worship, he starts to shake you. When God shakes you, these doors will start opening up. God starts blessing you. He opens that job opportunity. He opens doors of healing. He introduces new friends into your life. He opens doors to freedom. For Paul and Silas, something had to happen for them to be able to walk out these doors that God opened. Their feet had to be set free. The thing that bound them had to be broken. In that same verse, verse 26, it says, And everyone's bands were loosed. See, worship breaks your chains. God not only opens the doors of healing to set you free, but he breaks the chains that are holding you back from walking through that door. When you worship God, he breaks those chains. God starts letting you free from that porn addiction. God starts letting you free from that struggle, from your mental health, from your depression, from your anxiety. God frees you from it. He breaks those chains. When you have a lifestyle of worship and you praise God through your struggle, it will set you free from your shackles. It will open doors. It might not happen right away like it did for Paul and Silas. But if you consistently praise and worship him in the waiting, your chains will be broken eventually. You have to show consistency. When your chains are broken, you can walk through those doors of blessings, of freedom. When you are no longer bound to fear about worrying about what others think, you can worship God. You can walk through those doors God is opening up. Uh, look at verse 27 through 30. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Yeah. See, your worship impacts others. When you worship in the waiting, it impacts others. We stop worrying about what other people think. We start to trust God. We keep worshiping him. It shows God's power. See, the jailkeeper saw the power of God, how God literally broke Paul and Silas out of the prison and set them free. He saw the mighty power of God, the power that will set you free from your sin. When you worship and sing out, when you lift your hands in praise, you are impacting others. When people know you are going through something, when you're struggling, 
and they see you worshiping God, when they see you praising through that, it impacts others. Shows them God's power. It shows them God's love. When Paul and Silas were praising God, it not only showed that power, but it showed God's love. The jail keepers saw the love and compassion of God. The fact that God set them free from their imprisonment showed him the love of God. It shows the agape love of God. It shows that no matter your situation, that you can still praise God, that God's power will always prevail, that His love will always overcome. No matter what you are going through, you have to keep praising God. You have to keep worshiping God. You cannot give up because right now is difficult. You cannot give up because right now is hard. You have to keep worshiping in the waiting. The jailkeeper asked them how he could be saved, how he could receive this agape love. He wanted what they had. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here. We're going to sing a song called Battle Belongs. See, right now you might be going through something. You might be going through a storm, a battle, and you're wondering, God, where are you? God, why aren't you helping me? You're starting to give up. You're starting to stop your lifestyle of worship. But you can't. You have to worship in the waiting. So don't be afraid to sing out. To worship God constantly, no matter what you are going through. Because you will impact others. You will see your chains broken. You will see doors open up. Just worship in the waiting. Worship God through your pain, through your imprisonment. Good things are to come. God will break your chains eventually. Just trust God. Trust Him. Keep worshiping. I'm going to have you guys stand. We're going to sing this song, Battle Belongs. Worship God today, no matter what you're going through. Keep praising Him. Keep fighting. Because the battle belongs to Him. Sing out today.